As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! And time, and time again. Break up the music. Charge your glass. This nation is going to dance all night. The notorious Tynecastle Tunnel of Doubts. Samuel Beckett debuts in the Europa Conference League. What a playwright he was, by the way. Football charts that just don't scan. Martin Tyler stars in Carry On Up the Premier League. Why Benny Benassi will be England's World Cup scapegoat. The crucial difference between a ground rocking and bouncing. The best football league goals roundup gig of the calendar year. And a close Instagram shave with a fake Richard Keyes. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 204 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for the adjudication panel, first of all, is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm not bad. Well, my heart stopped for a moment this morning uh, when I was followed on Instagram by Richard Keyes. Yes. Uh, Except it wasn't him. Uh, A sneaky little underscore was the only difference between this account and the real the real thing, the real McCoy. Um, but it was such a subtle act of online impersonation. This, this account had roughly the same number of followers, weirdly, roughly the, names, roughly the same number of things it was following, and, and it had duplicated every single post from Richard Keyes. Who has the time to do this? Wow. Is it, but that can't be a manual thing. You must have some sort... There must be something you can do that just that does that. Otherwise, fair play. That's incredible. That's our levels of dedication to sort of keys watching because otherwise you'd have to what rip the videos that keys posting and then upload them yourself from this account i don't know maybe that maybe it's still him on his burner who knows uh, <laughs> it's andy gray doing it <laughs> correct right alongside you for the adjudication panel today it's his 25th cliches cap which in england terms sandwiches him between jack grealish and robbie fowler so to speak welcome back james moore 
Does that tie up with my bad boy image? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose it does. Natural finisher, though. So Yeah, okay. Um, oddly, just the fourth outing for you two as a pairing on the adjudication panel. This does not include cliches, quizzes. And um, we tried and trusted at club level as well. Yes. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, just not, not fancied at the, at the international stage. But uh, here you are, and we've got a great adjudication panel to go through. First of all, this came from Sandy Park and Will Beckman. And uh, I can now, on the Football Clichés podcast, exclusively reveal that UEFA have been unable to secure the rights to use the phrase corridor of uncertainty in the Conference League. His hearts opening the scoring against Latvian outfit RFS. As a centre-forward, an instinctive centre-forward like Lauren Shanklin, you want early crosses into the box. You don't want defenders a chance to reset or get themselves in the position. It's a a tunnel of doubt they talk about between defenders (laughs) and goalkeeper. You have to say it's absolutely pinpoint accuracy from Josh Ginelli. Of course, we've had um, Alan Hutton's infamous Quality Street, Charlie, but uh, Stephen Cragen has followed it up with the Tunnel of Doubt. I don't like Tunnel of Doubt at all. No, this sounds like on the old Pro Evo games, how they wouldn't have the license to player names. This is sort of mm. the commentary equivalent. It's like, we, yeah. we can't use Corridor of Uncertainty, I'm afraid, so you're going to have to improvise. And, and it's just sort of two, two synonyms. Mm. James, I mean, it, it does perform roughly the same function, but Tunnel of Doubt sounds like a sort of really bad fairground ride as well. Yeah, or what's that thing they do? You know, like in American sports where people get like hazed and they have to do all these kind of initia- initiations and whatever. Right. Tunnel of Doubt sounds like the kind of thing where you have to like <laughs> run between 40 massive American footballers and get the shit kicked out of you. Would that be not Tunnel of Death or Tunnel of Doom or something? Yeah, maybe that is true, actually. It does sound a bit more. Maybe they'd just be sort of questioning your dress sense or something. Something yeah. that Antonio Conte makes you do in pre-season at the start yeah, of every new be, job. Yeah, the infamous, uh, the tunnel, infamous of tunnel of Doubt. That would be in the bullet points of the long read, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Stephen Craig are not impressed with that. Worrying scenes from uh, from the climate change sphere next. This was from Surfin Stevens, who has alerted me to uh, former Labour supremo Jeremy Corbyn, who says, we are running out of superlatives for the accelerating climate disaster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> James, I don't think now's the time to uh, start being complimentary to climate change. I don't think that's the way to tackle it. I mean, I assume in a literal grammatical sense, and I would defer to Charlie on this, as he is broadly the expert in these matters. That is correct, isn't it? But it does yeah. kind of yeah. Give superlative the sense just that... means like most. Oh, so <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, it, true. It, he's literally correct, but mm. it's the, the connotations are. It does sound yeah like he's very much. We're, we're just cl- we're you know climate changing so well at the moment. We're running out of superlatives. The superlatives are melting away like the polar ice caps. Well, yeah, and the melting polar ice caps, mass deforestation. Can't we just enjoy both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was time to change tack on all this. Uh, change the language of climate change and see what happens. Right. Next up, this came from Shamrock Rovers versus Ghent in Europe in midweek. Paul Dempsey and Stuart Robson on BT Sport commentary duty. Uh, Paul Dempsey throwing in a bit of culture. Stuart Robson not having any of it. It almost looks as though the ball hit him at one point. It's a decent ball into the box. It does hit him. It hits him on the shoulder. They get away with it, Shamrock Rovers. Ghent waiting for Godot to score. Does Tao get a touch on it to put it onto the post? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, this is uh, Ghent defender Bruno Godo having an attempt on goal. In, uh, <laughs> in the home of Samuel Beckett as well there, Charlie. Um, Stuart Robson, just not up with these sort of things. Uh, nor am I, quite frankly, but uh, I, my sympathies go to him. Yeah, that was good. He, he wasn't dismissed. I mean, well, I guess he was by just completely not acknowledging it. But there have been some times where 
people sound like genuinely affronted to be like taken off the sort of natural path. Is it not possible that joke had been kind of telegraphed through the afternoon? Like I can just imagine them when they got the teams, they saw the names and he yeah, said, quite yeah, well, this is a joke you can make out of this. And he said it three or four times in the afternoon before <laughs> the game. And then you get it in the match. <laughs> Stop trying to make it a thing. Next up, huge bugbear of mine, Charlie. Football chants that simply do not scan. Yes, me too. There was a um, well-publicised return for Graham Potter to his old stomping ground, the Amex, uh, with Chelsea at the weekend. Uh, didn't go well for him, and uh, the scoreline was bad enough. It unravelled into a cauldron of ridicule for Potter. Um, he had to endure chants such as Potter, Potter, what's the score? Sacked in the morning. And worst of all, you're just a shit Brighton and Hove Albion. <laughs> there's just no way to, there's just no way to shoehorn it in. That's, that's also not really in the spirit of you're just a shit. He was saying, he was saying, so they're saying that to Chelsea rather than to Potter specifically. Yes. Because, okay, fine. All right. That makes, sorry, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was to Potter. I was like, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, so where was this report? This was reported, was it? Or did you Widely. actually hear it? Widely. Widely. Because I've, I've had this a few times recently because I find non-scanning chants really, really annoying to mm-hmm. the point where I'm sceptical sometimes whether they actually happened. And I wonder if there's a bit of licence. I'm like, there's just no way like any self-respecting fans would, would sing that. I mean, yeah, until I hear audio evidence, James, I, I am quite sceptical about this. But, you know, it, ha- it has been reported by various sources, so it must have happened. But first of all, let's deal with the first issue is how on earth do you squeeze that many syllables into that chant? I mean, c- c- can you please try for me? Yeah, I will. But I would think if you're a Brighton fan and you know, you know how long the name of your team is, you don't mm. even attempt that. It's not like <laughs> with us, it could catch us out because we're not used to it and you realise you need to do and Hove Albion. Uh, yeah, but you I, mean they've me, got I, years of amazed. experience. Yeah, exactly. They shouldn't be trying to shoehorn that in. You can't even uh, slice their name up in any mm-hmm. way to fit it in because it's either Brighton or Brighton and Hove Albion and neither yeah, it's works. it's not like Spurs, of course, have got the gift of being able to kind of fit into more or less every single number of syllables. So you can have Spurs, Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham yeah. Hotspur, Tottenham Hotspur, <laughs> Good point. and FC. So how many, maybe not seven, but all the others up to eight. That's useful, Great. isn't it? It is very I mean, Brighton, could, could they do Albion? Do they ever refer to themselves as that? Or is that more of a West yeah, Brom thing? You're just a shit yeah, Brighton Albion. <laughs> no, no, no Brighton, just but, Albion, I mean. I mean, aside from anything else, it's not really sure. it's not really in the spirit of that chant as it's usually used, is it? Because normally it's dismissive of a team by saying they're a shit version of another team who are shit. <laughs> no, there's extra context here because obviously, obviously Potter took all the backroom staff with him. There was Cucurella as well. So it's just like you're a pale imitation of what you've left behind. I, I don't mind the spirit of it. I mean, it... it I mean, it's, it's gleeful ridicule and, and so be it. Yeah, but, okay. uh, but, you know, syllabically challenged. Are we doing it? Shall we all do it together? Okay. All right. I'm just really, I'm just really conscious that you will want to take this incredibly seriously. It's going to take some serious verbal gymnastics from us, but I think we can do it. Okay. Shit, Brian of Albion. You're just a shit, Brian of Albion. Shit, Brian of Albion. Albion. I've, I figured it out. It, it, a bit of a glottal stop. And I think you just have to go shit Brighton Ove, shit Brighton Ove. That's Albion. no, that, no way. I'm sorry. That, if it, if it, look, if it was Palace, then they would sing that. I don't think Brighton fans would sing it like that. Just in terms of accent terms and the way people would speak, like I can see like a London club rattling it all together like that, but not Brighton. Just about works. I, th- I, I also think you're giving Brighton and the surrounding area way too much credit for the <laughs> maybe. Um, for the how well they speak. Perfectly entitled right. to talk however they like. Anyway, next up at Old Trafford on Sunday, Manchester United versus West Ham. Martin Tyler, Charlie, very much in a playful mood. Here's um, Kurt Zuma and Bruno Fernandes having a little contretemps on the touchline. And, uh, Moscow, Zuma, and, uh, 
Maguire's clearance gets Manchester United up the pitch. Uh, a little bit of... Uh, how's your father? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, I guess after a kind of, de- of a delay of about a second and a half, you- you've got to pluck something out of the air. And uh, <laughs> how's your father is, is the one? Because <laughs> I was thinking, my mind though, when you when you teed that up, I wondered if there was going to be a sort of cat reference for oh. Martin Tyler. Do you no. think he had that in his head and then was like, no, no, I can't do that? What, or cat, he did cat just... fight or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. It was like, oh no, I can't say that. And, and had to sort of, you know, the commentary couldn't have readjust his feet and sort of made a bit of a mess of it. But also at the same time, James, I can sort of imagine a parallel universe in which Martin Tyler is like a patron of the of the Cats Protection Society or something like that. So I feel like he wouldn't do that. But um, <laughs> how's your father? <laughs> Obviously, it was like a like a flood of tweets instantly on my timeline saying, "Have you seen this? I have now." I assume we don't need to explain this to, to the listeners. I think everyone knows what this means, right? Uh, I don't know if there are any people stateside who need this no. uh, explained. But yeah, how's your father? Just means a hanky panky. Uh, <laughs> but I do I do wonder if there would be quite a lot of younger listeners because it's such a sort of uh, old school hackney term i reckon there would have been quite a lot of younger viewers who just sort of sat washed over them yeah yeah just because it sounds i mean it sounds like uh, what's an expression it sounds like but there are those ones you know a bit of argy bargy or something yeah so they might have thought oh yeah got nothing of it yeah fair enough shortly after that hot on the heels of that um 12 rated content was uh martin tyler bringing the two gary nevilles closer together Waving his team forward, particularly on the far side. I'm not sure there's a switch of play on here. Nothing to the right. Centre or left. Sounds like Gary Neville's politics. <laughs> now, James, do you think this is a dig? <laughs> I, I, it feels like a dig, doesn't it? Because I think Gary Neville obviously presents himself as being incredibly left wing. Yeah. And if, and, and that being the case, you would have thought like centre or left would, would kind of grate quite a lot for him. Right. OK. I, I don't I want to don't speculate know, on Martin Tyler's politics, Charlie. I don't know, because I heard that. I actually caught the end of the game and heard that bit live. And I, I don't know. I think there is a bit of a fondness to it. And I think mm. it's just because it sounds like centre left. Obviously, there's the awe in there, which slightly skews things. But yeah. I don't know. Neville probably would describe himself as centre left, I think. I think it was quite funny. And I think all involved presumably would have let it slide. But yeah, good to see this sort of edgy sort of banter coming into Mm. things. Um, Good to know that Tyler's still got it in him. Right, James, it's been a few weeks since we had a potential England World Cup base crisis. So, exclusive in the mirror, England face Fatboy Slim and David Getter disruption outside World Cup (laughs) Hotel in Qatar. Gareth Southgate will have Qatar's Party Central on the doorstep of England's World Cup hotel and training base. Thousands of fans are expected to attend gigs, DJ sets and boozy events at the MDL Beast stage in Al Wakra with the 28 consecutive nights of festivals running until 2am. This is a new one for England's World Cup narrative to deal with, but could be ruinous. I mean, surely wherever they had the base camp in Doha or in Qatar, they were going to be quite near this particular event and indeed any other World Cup related event. That's true. It kind of feels like it's quite difficult to avoid being near the kind of centre of things when the World Cup is basically in one city. Charlie, uh, further detail here. Superstar DJs David Guetta, Fedi Legrand, Benny Benassi and Fatboy Slim are among the headline acts. Which of these, Charlie, do you think will be directly scapegoated for England's group stage exit? Well, that's I mean, because Slim, obviously, uh, that would be a sort of inside job, wouldn't it? I mean, given where he's from. Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. David Guetta is French, I think. That feels like a more easy, especially for the tabloids, you know, that he was sort of an agent for the French scene to go and sabotage our World Cup. Out of these three foreign names, James, David Guetta, Fedi Legrand, Benny Benassi, which of them sounds most like a referee who sends off one of the bigger England players and then gets sent death threats for two weeks afterwards? Benny Benassi actually sounds like it could be a referee's name. Well, I was just about to say Benny Benassi feels incredibly like a name that, without wanting to go back to this well, Richard Keyes would say incredibly Benny nicely. Benassi. Yes, but that, but that would be perfect for a ref who screws over England because it would be that he's like, he had to make himself the story, didn't he? He couldn't just referee the game. You know, no one even knows his name. Well, I can tell you, it's Benny Benassi. Benny Benassi sounds like an, an anagram of the of the Tunisian referee who stitched up England in 1986, Ali Benassa. So there you go. Maybe it is going to come full circle. I wish we'd had this chat before Wednesday's quiz where we had to name World Cup referees. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to ask you about that. How'd you feel? Got over it? I mean, you've got bigger well, things going on in your life, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine. It was. I, I did enjoy it. I think, I think the baby brain contributed to a few left points. And also, as I text you the day after, suddenly Kim Milton-Nielsen popped into my head in one of those, how did I forget him? Kind of ways. The heat of the battle, I, I completely sympathise. There's no point in trying to deconstruct it yeah. afterwards. Um, James, who is going to take Michael Cox's crown now? He's the first to retain the cliches quiz. Who do we line up next? That's a good question. Are we now kind of... Uh, in the realm of, are we just going backwards through the list of people that have already done Not it? necessarily. I mean, we can go external. We Nick, can go external. Nick, Nick Miller hasn't it. done it, has he? I was going to say, and David and Nick Miller hasn't writes, done it yet. Nick Miller writes the Totally Football Quiz. So. <laughs> David edits this podcast, so he yeah. probably fixed it so he won. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We might would, get... you, would you ever sort of step into the ring in a... That would be that would be quite a good storyline. It's not as fun. It's not as no, fun. No, it's not. It's definitely not Reading as fun. out the questions is really good fun. Um, oh, being the question master is amazing. You get to just watch people suffer, basically. Yeah, uh, trust me. But I think it's, it's the... none of the stress. The cadence of reading questions out twice in a row is uh, it's just... It's irresistible. Mm. Anyway, yeah, speaking of boozy mid-World Cup events with ageing superstars, uh, you can join us... For Football Clichés Live, uh, you won't be able to join us at Earth in London now because that's sold out. Thanks to everyone who bought a ticket for that. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. But you can still uh, make the trek to New Century Hall in Manchester on the 15th of November and Dublin's Liberty Hall Theatre on the 16th of November. Tickets going fast. Join us for a very special but also a very pedantic evening of football chat. Just go to myticket.co.uk or just Google Football Clichés Live and find it there. Hello, I'm Taylor Payne, host of the Athletics Newcastle United podcast, Pod on the Time. Aren't we having a jolly old time of it right now? Join me and the Athletics dynamic duo of Geordie Riders, George Coggan and Chris Woff every week. We'll bring you all the insight and analysis you need on the Mighty Magpies and probably some you don't as well. Follow and subscribe to Pod on the Time wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Rexham premieres May 2nd on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... 
everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Welcome back to Football Clichés. Now, uh, James, my bar for allowing shouty football commentary on the cliches pod is 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 high as it should be but i'm i'm willing to make exceptional exceptions and this is it charlton 4 ipswich 4 Louis Mendes on commentary for BBC Local Radio. Session driving towards the edge of the area. Needs some support. Gets it in Fraser. Control and get it wide to Morgan. There's men in the middle. In comes the deep cross. Dobson's at the far post. It's that! It's far, far! George Dobson has equalised! Two scored twice in added time! And it's far, far! What a game! At the Valley! Charlton 4, Ipswich 4! Obviously wonderful, but it, it has dawned on me that there cannot be a better scoreline to scream in that exact voice than 4-4. No, I think you're probably right. My first observation, having watched that goal over the weekend, was that it wasn't like a 98-minute four-all equalising goal. Okay. Like a kind of looping header from a fairly kind of... Uh, uh, innocuous looking cross it just those headers uh, shouldn't uh, go in should it they it just can't you know I presume, mm. like, if you're a Charlton fan obviously you thought it was amazing and if you're an Ipswich fan it was a complete nightmare but uh, looking at that it just didn't feel like it had the kind of frantic nature that you want a, a goal of that nature to have or um, were you expecting like a Cech Teoti style 4-4 equaliser or something just incredibly scrappy and you know like right. the ball hits the bar and then someone tries to clear it and it hits a striker in the chest and then suddenly there's a big you know melee in the six yard box I that's think what you're I, right. that's what I want yeah I know what you mean the the trajectory of the ball didn't really allow for quite the crescendo of noise but um Charlie mm. great synergy between game state and number of fans left in stadium because as the camera on the highlights panned back to the Ipswich goal where the Charlton fans had had disappeared in swathes having seen their team go two goals down in injury time <laughs> and then and then people sort of hovering by the little yeah. the openings to the bowels of the stadium going oh oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well like that fa- another famous 4-4 that in the North London derby in 2008 I don't know James maybe you were one of them the the hordes of Spurs fans who left and then were frantically trying to get back in no no I was uh, being threatened with violence in a South London pub actually that night Ah, oh, nice. Story for another time. But no question then that the Valley would have been rocking at that point, James, <laughs> which leads me on to a question from Sam, who says, what's the difference between a ground rocking and a ground bouncing? Ah, interesting. Now, my theory to put to you here is a ground can be bouncing before a game in anticipation for a big game. 
but it can't be rocking until uh, you know a goal has been scored to get yes. them rocking. Have I got this the right way around? Yeah, around? 100%. Rocking is a reactionary thing. Mm. Okay. So the rocking is reacting to, I guess, more or less always a goal. I guess maybe sometimes it could be like an opposition red card or whatever. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It could be bouncing before the game. And that kind of rhythmic chanting that you get, I guess, probably more like on the continent you do yeah, in Bundesliga style. I'd say like that, that constant kind of almost droning noise that you get so yeah that could happen at 0-0 or any point of the game but yeah to, to be rocking I think that needs to be a reaction to a major incident in the game a potential like game changing moment I think there's something more intimidating about rocking as well okay. the ground that's rocking as opposed to one that's bouncing ba- yeah. bouncing feels more sort of party vibe yeah, yes, exactly. it's, yes. That, it's that rhythmic thing isn't it it's that almost yeah. like background noise where rocking is like more kind of in your face yeah you're in you're really up against it here because this ground is rocking absolutely I completely agree about bouncing and bouncing is, is not related to kind of in, intimidating atmospheres it, it, it will be down to one of the studio pundits to look behind them or point behind them with their thumb and go this place is bouncing because they're just so happy to be here do you know what yeah, I mean yeah 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 and they never thought they'd see these days again this place is bouncing well exactly because it's n- it's related to a carnival atmosphere, mm. which is very, yeah, teams just got in the Premier League. Mm. Idea, you know, it's a sunny day. Yeah, for these fans. Mm. Would, would but, Brentford be the most bouncy ground in the Premier League? I would say probably yes. Yeah, it, it's been rocking a few times over the last sort of season and a bit as well. Maybe, it? but I just feel like it's more of a sort of happy bounce than a kind of... Yeah. You know, mm. What's the least well, bouncy ground? The least bouncy. Well, I would... Mm. Arsenal have famously rediscovered their bounce, haven't they, this season? Mm. The bounce yeah, is back. I mean, that bit of bounce, bit of rock. These bouncy. I'm trying to think, where's, like, for a while I might have said something like St. James's Park because it was so miserable. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone was, it was hating Ashley and all of that. Eddie Howe's got it rocking again. <laughs> Eddie Howe's not got it bouncing again. Eddie Howe's got it rocking again. St. Yeah, James's Park. But yeah, I think that, like, in, to that point about, you know, they're just happy to be that Brent, that famous Brentford Friday night game, their first game back in the Premier League where they beat yeah, Arsenal. I reckon bounced. pregame was bounced. I reckon they did both. I, I think that's perfect bounce encapsulation of what you're saying. They bounced and rocked. I think it was bouncing pregame when they're tuning up. This place is rocking, Jeff. Bouncing and rocking. Charlie Ecochet's tale of having two children. <laughs> um, yeah, delighted to have ascertained the difference between those two things. Thanks for that question, Sam. Now, Chris Finn writes in. And he was enjoying uh, Marcus Rashford's interview after Manchester United's win over West Ham at Old Trafford on Sunday. And um, one of the questions pinpointed a very specific moment for a footballer to be in. This is from Jamie Redknapp. This season, you are banging form, like you're enjoying your football. I felt last year I might have even gone on record as saying that it might feel that you might have to go somewhere else to show your class, show your ability. What's changed for you right now? Because you're like, you're really enjoying your football. Charlie... Someone looking like they're really enjoying their football is a very specific. It's a very specific moment mm. for a footballer to be in. I mean, what's the kind of the average scenario we're looking at here? Yeah, you're like really that, enjoying your football. You just feel like you're enjoying your football at the moment. I mean, they'll have had to. Clearly, it will be sort of built around the fact they've just done something really good. Right. They, they'll have been. They get, you, I don't think you'd say this. You know, you would be like broadly like really enjoying your football. You did lose three 0 today, <laughs> so they they okay. need to they need to have done they need to have been the Rashford in this situation. They need to have been the story, scored the winner, or you know set one up. They they might have. What might help showing this is that they got subbed after seventy eight minutes to a rapturous applause. Good, and, nice. And then you sort of see them sitting down, and uh, you know everyone's sort of slapping their hand, and it's like you know he's, he's enjoying. He just looks like he's enjoying his football again. Nice texture. So, so James, we've ascertained that it's something good happening in the in the immediate short term, but there there, there has to be kind of 
negative backstory yeah. before it. But I also think it can't be too spectacular. He couldn't have scored a hat trick, for example, because it, it can't be the the act the the footballing act can't be bigger than the narrative. They have to go roughly at the same level. And yeah. I think in this case, it's a perfect scenario. Yeah, I don't think the step up can be too huge. Right. But I think there kind of has to be a sense of there being some kind of baggage yeah. previously mm. that they're now like unencumbered by. Mm. I like, agree. With Rashford, I guess maybe it's the kind of weird noise about the stuff he's doing away from football that people mm. seem to be obsessed with. Yeah, he cited that directly, yeah. So that, that would that would back it up. The team need to be doing well. Clear, you know, that's mm. clearly really important. You know, I don't you, you wouldn't be saying someone you you seem to be really enjoying your football if you personally are having a good season, but you know, the team need to be on the up as well after a bit of a doldrumy period and can whole teams be said to be looking like they're enjoying their football? You, you might maybe that, enjoying you life. Might yeah, or that the manager's got them back with a smile on their face. You know, they, they look mm. like they're... Feels very intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to reality, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, Charlie, crucially, is looking like you're enjoying your football the same as playing with a smile on your face? I think playing with a smile on your face is like a career-long thing, something you're known for doing, regardless of the fortune mm. of your team. Um, whereas yes. looking like you're enjoying football is, is kind of a medium term at most. Yes, that's that's probably right, yeah. Yeah, because I think you you do that to talk about, you know, you're, you're bringing in a player who, and, and, you know, the great thing about this new player, he plays with a smile on his face, you know, and that's going to give everyone a lift at the football club. Mm. Where, you know, you, whereas, as you say, you're, you're enjoying football, that, that's a more temporary state. Mm. You, you wouldn't say that about someone. You wouldn't say, like, you should sign him because he's enjoying his football at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, bang on. Okay. Uh, Michael Monteith writes in James and says, does it count as working the goalkeeper if the goalkeeper dives full stretch to save a shot, doesn't reach it, but the shot is just off target anyway? This is this is 50-50 for me. Because if you think about think about the context in which that, that phrase is said, uh, they've got to be working the goalkeeper from there. Now, if you shoot narrowly wide, but the goalkeeper has to dive full stretch to try and stop it, is that does that count as working goalkeeper? This isn't Opta shit. Can, this I is can, this is this is pure pure vibes. I can see the logic, and I guess I guess I would say yes, but it is kind of wasted work, isn't it? Ultimately, but yeah, I mean, it is it's taken effort in a, at a very basic level. But spiritually, I think yeah. spiritually, emotionally, like you know, the fact the very fact he's dived means he thinks that that is a shot worth diving for, unless it's one for the cameras, of course. We're not um, getting there, Charlie. Charlie. In the context of a game, if a team are trying to find a way through and they and someone shoots just narrowly wide and the keeper's at full stretch, have they worked the goalkeeper? No. I, th- wow. I think... Not not in the... I mean, literally, yes, they, he has had to work. <laughs> Don't care about in, literally. Dave's yeah, not here. Don't worry about that. The, the spirit in which... That, like, that's basically... all. They're, they're, that's just a complete synonym for that needs to be on target. And it's not. That's all you're saying in that instance. Because you're not talking about... You're not saying, like, we need to fatigue the goalkeeper here. Let's, <laughs> let's wear him out. <laughs> all you're saying is he should be getting that on target. Like, oh, we didn't score, but we, we did tire him because he had to dive across his goal. I'm not sure about this. It's, like, it's a bit of a coin toss for me. I mean... I don't know. I need to see it in the wild, really. I, I think you're giving commentators too much credit because okay. they're not. I they, they could easily just flip that for that needs to be. He needs to be hitting the target from there. Mm, okay. I don't think that they're not like discerning in that moment. You know, it, it's about exhausting the goalkeeper. Mm, okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have lots to say about this over the next 48 hours. Right. Um, James, club statements, official club statements, quite a, genuinely quite a sanitised, boring affair, really. You get the odd outlier, but generally it's quite a staid situation, yeah? Yeah, you're not yeah. going to get too much personality in one, certainly. No, but um, here is some mild but excellent petulance from the eighth tier of the English football pyramid. This is Paulton Rovers, whose manager John Rendell and his entire backroom staff uprooted 
to join a team in the division above. Uh, the official club statement went as follows. Porton Rovers Football Club are disappointed that manager John Rendell and his coaching team have announced they are leaving the club to join Yate Town currently languishing in a relegation spot and pitching in Southern League Premier South. Rendell and his team have worked tirelessly over the last five years and leave with Paulton sitting sixth and in a playoff spot in Division 1 South. They've gone up a division, guys. You can't, definitely... you can't say they're languishing. You're the one that's languishing, if anything, if anybody is. Surely languishing it needs historical context. I mean, I don't know enough about Paulton Rovers to right. be able to tell you whether or not they're Maybe languishing they're. in sixth place. Um, yeah, that's incredibly loaded, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going on there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, just rank bitterness, presumably. Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. That's fine. That's great. Yeah. But, More of this, please. Yeah, Charlie, do you agree with any club using the word languishing in a club <laughs> statement? <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. I think that, you know, there should be more of that sort of thing, you know, or it gets personal, like moving up to this absolute shithole of a, of a city. You know, I think they really want to be really making digs at players' life and career choices. Well, uh, he's, I mean, John Rendell was, it's a huge gamble from him because they could be passing each other going the wrong way mm. come the end of this season. Just to show that this sort of thing really goes. Just to show that this sort of thing really does reach the elite level, Charlie, Real Madrid held to a draw by Girona at the weekend and they tweeted this headline along with their match report, refereeing controversy robs Madrid of win. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> it's pathetic. I mean, La Liga has gone beyond, clearly. Yeah, well, it's funny you were saying when you were like, oh, you don't often see this, but I was thinking, I can't imagine one of those Spanish clubs, probably Real Madrid, coming out with something really, really petulant. I mean, wasn't there a thing that Chelsea, I remember in the late Mourinho period of 2015, it sort of went viral that their incredibly myopic sort of yes. official club match reports. I mean, like Chelsea have been on the, again on the receiving end of a terrible decision. Now I think about it, though. I mean, James, I mean, setting aside who are these match reports for, which is for the fans of that club, yeah. the secondary aspect of this is who the fuck's reading it anyway? Like, you're going to be hundreds of people who are going to be reading this max. You might as well go to town. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, how, I mean, clubs like that will get like 250 people, 300 people through the gate. And what percentage of those people are going to read that statement? I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. It's not... Paulson no Rovers, not Real Madrid, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, who, I just don't see that many people are going to be offended by that. I, I, you know, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, it's not offensive. I just, I just think it's a slippery slope. But, I, but, but it, just the right amount of petulance is what I'm saying. Right then, on this weekend, every year, some lucky football league goals roundup legend gets the best job in the business. Mm -hmm. Either of you care to know? Either of you care to hazard a guess what this might be? Is it the the Halloween, the roundup of goals with Halloween puns? Bang on from you. Redemption from the football cliches quiz failure. Because yes, this soul had the Halloween themed pun job for some League Two highlights on ITV this weekend. Uh, this is from Barrow versus Crew, uh, And uh, as Andrew M writes in, it is an absolute masterclass in Halloween wordplay. And... Just to give you an overview of how it unfolds, great rhythm at the start, the sort of rhythm you were all accustomed to hearing, picks up some serious pace and then ends, well, you'll see. Barrow hosted a special Halloween event for fans before kickoff and crew were clearly spooked. Just eight minutes gone when Billy Waters ghosted in to meet Ben Whitfield's cross, coming back to haunt the club where he started his career. Holker Street is a scary place to visit at this time of year. Barrow have now won six of their last eight there. Terry Kawukwi's miss for crew will certainly be giving him nightmares. 
Barrow has shown plenty of spirit to win back-to-back matches, exercising the demons of four straight defeats earlier in the month, and the crew defenders will be having sleepless nights too. Wicked Whitfield's craft ending a magical spell of football and a frightening finish from Josh Gordon. This was a real horror show for crew Good. and more zombie-like defending as Gordon <laughs> behind him. He still had to run half the length of the pitch, but after a couple of tricks, a treat of a ghoul. (laughs) I mean, there were so many classics in there, James. I mean, absolute tap-ins for the Halloween Football League Girls Roundup punathon. But um, there's always that irresistible one of ghoul and goal, and he went for it. There's some good stuff in there, some enjoyable stuff in there. A little bit too much kind of... I mean, maybe this was just in the natural flow of his analysis, but I, there was a lot of kind of magic, which I don't really think comes under the umbrella of Halloween. <laughs> but, uh, hey, yeah, maybe not for the purists, anyway. Yeah, Blurs yeah. the lines a little bit. What was the most tenuous one there, Charlie? I don't know. I mean, first, some of them were very fortunate, like come out to haunt his old club. What? That yeah, was perfect. lucky. The Ghosting into the back post is great. I mean, that's fine. Ghosting into the back post is fine, yeah. Mm. I mean, Ghoul at the end, I think I do agree with James. Because then you're... you're then you're into the realm of puns, mm. uh, which is something completely different. Zombie-like defending Zombie-like was that the least? Was that your least favourite? That that was the moment, as you would have seen, where literal eyebrows were raised. Right, I think, because that's just not so. We, you know, we, you, oh well, Charlie, I don't know if you've imagine? seen. I don't know if you've seen the clip actually, Charlie, but the guy was trying to bite the centre forward. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> industry insider producer Dave says that he believes this was the work of Simon Watts. Uh, it wasn't immediately obvious on the coverage who it was, but yeah, Simon, solid effort from you, and I'm glad. I'm glad you got that on your CV for this year. Um, but on we the assume back of, he wrote. We assume he's he's both narrating it and wrote it. Uh, I believe they write, and, they write and read it out. Yeah, it's not a two-person job. Not that <laughs> the level. Team of writers. <laughs> yeah, the writers' <laughs> room. The writers. Yeah. So have I got news for you, Charlie? Um, <laughs> but on the back of zombie-like defending, I do have a bone to pick with Halloween generally. James, I was doing a long drive home the other day and uh, drove past a a nursing home and uh, it had some Halloween decorations up in preparation for the weekend. And uh, (laughs) it was it wasn't classic Halloween stuff. It was it was the new new wave of Halloween stuff, which was sort of zombie film, sort of police line. Do not cross. Oh, yeah. yeah, And I thought the old people aren't going to love that. They're not. They're not going to be into that. That's that's new shit. (laughs) Well, you think it's a bit too close to home. Obviously that, but I think it's I think that's Halloween adjacent. I don't think we should be allowing zombie shit into Halloween. I think it should be classic vampires, ghosts, that sort of thing. It's just disappointing to see um, that they're half-assing it. But I'm, I'm just sick of police line, do not cross. Uh, I, I, that, that's, that's shit Halloweening. It's so interesting you say that because I saw that yesterday for the fir- and first time I've been conscious of that, and I sort of thought like, oh, am I am I out of touch? Like, is that? Uh... <laughs> No, it's the children who are wrong. Um, no, it's all about yeah, Dia no. de la Muerte these days, <laughs> which is the absolute pits, can I just add? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, speaking of the absolute pits, it's time for Keys and Grey Corner. Right, um, no real being news to bring you. Just uh, a simple Route 1 effort from us this week. 
Here's the latest Keys and Grey podcast, all 53 minutes of it, uh, featuring Diddy Herman, no less, condensed into 100 seconds. At the end of it, I just want you to tell me what your favourite bit was. <laughs> Guest today will be Diddy Herman. Love Diddy. Let's get that out of the way straight away. Love Diddy. Very often in, in Qatar. 23. It's been a 10-year odyssey. It has. Is that odyssey? Would that be fitting? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Adventure? No. Yeah, yeah. I say just really. Honest. Is it? Yeah, I'm just looking to be a little poetic. <laughs> Thumbs up emoji. That's one of the things that's upsetting them. Upsetting who? Generation Z. Keezy, if there's a if you pick a defender <laughs> and he doesn't intend to block every ball that comes his way in the penalty area, he shouldn't be playing. Roberto Rossetti, former referee from Italy. Yeah. Pierluigi Colina, we know. Yeah. And David Ellery. So not a footballer, <laughs> not an ex-player. No. But he is 37. Mm. I mean, he's a phenomenon. Whatever anyone thinks about it, it's a complete and utter phenomenon. Pain in the arse. Ivan Tony. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> doesn't miss. Doesn't miss. Uh, sports psychologist and self-confessed penalty geek, Gear Jordet. And I... I, I, I <laughs> a professional footballer. I've yeah. just got to stick them. It's what Matt Latiz said. He got 49 out of 50. I know he did. He said, I'll always take them because it's a free shot at goal. I know, I know. I know. Just hit the ball. I know. <laughs> I said to you in a, in a perverted way perverted can I use that word uh, <laughs> in a perverted way I wanted the rebound the a second rebound when you look at me and use it but, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we can't keep you too long because I know you're playing golf how is your golf at what, what level do you play yeah it's alright now listen we'll let you go thank nice you my friend you. really good to talk great to speak to you and you cheers Diddy thank you thank you bye there you go. No need to listen to it. There it is, in entire glory. There you go. So wait, how much of that podcast was Haman there for? Was he there for uh, the whole thing? Or was a lot of that preamble before he came on? Guest usually appears about halfway through, does about mm. 15 to 20, then they have a little chat after that. So, um, yeah. So most he uh, wouldn't have been. I wish yeah. he had been. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, favourite bits? <laughs> I like their little football cliches-esque... Um, discussion about the odyssey whether it whether it counts as when you know when does an adventure become an odyssey shreves had a word he can tell yeah he can tell. he's <laughs> he's report agent shreves has reported no that. coincidence on my instagram so something's mm. something's afoot i know that right thanks everyone for listening thanks to you james for a uh, um very very solid comeback after 21 episodes away good to have you back pleasure as always cheers to you charlie thank continue you continue that bouncing and that rocking I'll try. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. See you later. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.